Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. So Strangely, what do you know about The Dick Van Dyke Show? Uh, it does not star Jerry Van Dyke. As far as I know. Tragically. <laughs> Tragically. Friend of the pod, Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> uh, it's, but uh, Dick Van Dyke is in it, and it's a name show. So I was under the impression that it was like a, a sort of like a, a variety hour kind of thing that he has guests on and they do stuff with him. But I think maybe it's more of like a sitcom that he plays like a version of him that has stuff happened. So I guess more like the Andy Griffith show. Yes. Or I Love Lucy more than um, like the Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Or yes. Like that. Yeah. Yes. Because I mean, he would be a great host, I feel like, for for a, a variety oh, yeah. show. He may have had a variety of show at some point. I mean, yeah. a lot of people did, especially in the 70s. But uh, no, this particular program is not that. It is a sitcom, uh, much like the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, oh, I guess I don't know if you're familiar with that, so maybe that's not useful. But I'm vaguely familiar with yeah. that, yeah. She does not play herself on right. that show. Um, much like later shows that were spun off from a popular comedian, uh, they just they kind of stopped calling it the person, the real person's name show. Mm-hmm. Um, although, fun fact, I Love Lucy was originally going to be called the Lucille Ball-Desi Arnaz show. Wow, that's... That really uh, doesn't roll off the tongue. No, the same. no. And I think it originally aired, I feel like I heard somewhere it originally aired as like the Lucy Desi show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was in syndication, it became I Love Lucy or something, which is just wild. Uh, yeah, with the with the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, he plays, I believe, a writer, maybe a TV writer mm-hmm. named like... Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> name is petrie i don't know why I, f- I feel like i've heard the character's name before yeah. and went oh okay so he doesn't play a you know he's not jerry seinfeld right. who plays jerry seinfeld on the show seinfeld even though he's not playing himself exactly right uh in this case he has the character has a different name which i think is the case with the mary tyler moore show i mm-hmm. think her name is mary on that show but she's mary someone else much like lucille ball plays lucy ricardo right. on on i love lucy so yeah the uh uh this one, I think they just went for a totally different name. I might be wrong. It could be Dick Petrie, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, Mary Tyler Moore plays his wife. I believe the show is in black and white. I don't think I've ever seen it in color, rather. Like, some shows made the, the transition. Right. I feel like everything I've seen of this show has always been black and white. I th- actually, I think that's all I know about it. I didn't see as much of this as a kid on Nick at Night as I did mm-hmm. some of the other shows we've talked about this season. Yeah, for, for me, wanting to cover this show this season when we were sort of batting about ideas for shows, I just saw it on the list. And there was the Dick Van Dyke name recognition, but I have no recollection of ever having watched this. Now, once we see it, I might be like, oh, I totally remember that this, but I, I have no recollection of ever having seen it. Or even, as I said earlier, any vague notion of what it's even about. Yeah. I know I've seen bits of this show, but I think it was as an adult, possibly like catching it on TV at some point when I still had TV or when Mm -hmm. I was in a place that had TV on, you know? And I know I saw a scene where like he goes to school for his kids like career day or something and is like how do you explain being a television writer to a bunch of kids it's right. not something they understand like they understand being a firefighter or something right. um so I, I i vaguely remember that and i think that's why i even know he that's was his job on the show and also there's a famous gift from this show that i love deeply mm-hmm. which is uh, you know what i'm not going to describe it just in case it's in the first episode we'll see if i remember to to bring it up uh people who have seen this gift probably know exactly what i'm talking about but uh, it's it's a funny moment, so I'll let it, just in case. If it ends up being in the pilot, I will be over the moon, because it's very cute. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think also this show is where Mary Tyler Moore kind of got her start. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why she then got a Mary Tyler Moore show later. And that is a factoid that is ringing a bell for me as well. Yeah. So. Because every clip I've ever seen of the Mary Tyler Moore show was in color, I feel like. 
fun fun fact about me and why I know that fact about Mary Tyler Moore is the 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 Weezer song. Uh, totally drunk. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. I'm like, it's the one with Buddy Holly. What's it called? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the that line. I look just like Buddy Holly, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, when I first heard the song, I didn't know who that was. Yeah. And so I like went and looked it up and sort of, okay, that's who Mary Tyler. Uh, and wherever I read that information was like, got her start on the, like the Dick Van Dyke show was mentioned in that yeah. you know, Wikipedia yeah. article or whatever, when I originally saw that information. So there you go. Should we go watch this thing then? And yeah, out, I feel out. like that's pretty much everything that's, uh, that both of us know. So we're ready to actually watch an episode of, the Dick Van Dyke Show. You will have to pay the whole All right, now, where are we in the script? Well, I was just coming out of the last commercial into the good night bit. Yeah. Let's see. Now, supposing, supposing our star says, good night, folks. Sure hope you enjoyed our show. And remember, the Alan Brady thought for the day is, drive carefully, especially on the sidewalks. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. Maybe he says something philosophical, like, folks, remember, save your money. Someday it may be worth something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. It's a good joke. I don't think it's a good joke. What do you think, Sally? I think it's a great joke. Why do you think it's a great joke? Because it's 5.30 and I got a date at 7. <laughs> I don't think we ought to end this week's show with a joke. I'd like Alan to come out and say... Uh, something with meaning. Uh, what kind of meaning? Well, I wrote down a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. What show he write for? <laughs> hey, guys. Future Sarah here with a quick caveat before we get into the rest of the episode. Uh, we enjoyed the show so much that we ended up kind of spoiling all of the jokes <laughs> in the episode. So if you're at all interested in watching the pilot of The Dick Van Dyke Show, I recommend going to YouTube. It's like 25 minutes long. Um, the title of the episode is The Sick Boy and the Sitter. Uh, just go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Uh, otherwise, we're going to just spoil it for you. So consider yourself warned. All right. So what were we right and wrong about? I, I'm surprised, you know, that it, it actually did have a variety show flavor a bit. Yeah, Based that's on, actually you know, a really good point. You know, kind of going into it, you're, you, you, I vaguely thought like, okay, you're going to have a show with Dick Van Dyke in it every week. You're going to have like guests, you're going to have musical numbers, you're going to have comedy bits. Yeah, yeah. And we actually got kind of like all of that in yeah. this. Um, although it was, you know, there was sort of the, the framing device around it, but. Um, it was still a sitcom. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore is his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he is a TV writer. Mm-hmm. I had that right. I had forgotten that I kind of knew that he had a, it, he was on a writing team. There were two others. Yeah. As soon as I saw the three of them standing next to each other, I went, okay, I've seen this. And I, I recognize Rosemary's name, though I don't know why. Yeah. And now, and seeing the three of them do their like dinner party shenanigans, I've definitely seen uh bits from this yeah that i didn't know were you know it's like dick van dyke singing song or something like you know like yeah that, yeah 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 I've definitely seen some youtube clips from this or something yeah but it, never in the context of like watching this show yeah i was surprised how much of the episode was given over to and now these three funny people do some bits that they would do at a party but it didn't feel shoehorned in. Yeah. Like I was aware that's what they were doing, but it was still delightful. It was really enjoyable. It didn't. I was a little worried when, you know, uh, Lori, his wife, uh, mm-hmm. kept looking at her watch. Um, I thought he's going to be goofing it up. And any second now we're going to look back and she's going to be gone because she just left without him or something. And it's going to create tension or something like that. Yeah. But it, it didn't. It was it was just it was an excuse to have him do, you know, a bunch of fun. The, yeah. the three of them had to do a bunch of fun bits. With a, with a little bit of a ticking clock for the, the rest of the, the plot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like harped upon that she said, you're going to be asked to entertain. And then he was. She didn't. It didn't become a thing where she's like, I told you. Yeah. 
I told you so, you know. Well, and he also clearly loves doing it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's it's not like he's, like, really put upon or worried that his job is on the line. Like, yeah. he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah. Honestly, I think if I was a performer and I got a job as a writer on a TV show and I didn't ever get to do the bits, I just had to write them and let somebody yeah. else do them, I would appreciate a chance to do my own bits in a work setting. Yeah, I'm I'm curious... Uh, I, I did just look at the the IMDb page for this, and uh, the the Alan Brady who they are writing for mm-hmm. is played by Carl Reiner <gasps> in like a number of episodes. So I think at some point in the run of this, you actually do get to see what the Alan Brady show yeah. looks like. And that show, based on what they were saying as they were writing, sounds like it is a more traditional kind of Johnny Carson variety show, variety talk show type thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like. There may be more bits of this show in other episodes that are much more kind of the standard Tonight Show type thing as I was picturing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you already brought it up, but that was something that neither of us knew that we didn't know, which is that the show was written and created by Carl Reiner. His (laughs) name appears in the credits, written by Carl Reiner. And we said in unison, Carl Reiner. (laughs) We were both, I mean, surprised and delighted. Like I kind of went... Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. I mean, because I don't, I, let's get into it. I loved this. This, I was delighted. This, of all of these that we've watched of these sort of 50, 60 shows, this holds up the strongest in terms of yeah. being genuinely delightful and funny now and not as just a cart- cultural artifact. Like it works yes. now. Yeah. Oh my God. So many of the jokes and the bits just worked it was just like i after a few of these episodes ended up being a little bit of a bummer just because it was like okay i don't know what i expected but at the same time oh it's kind of a slog to watch this yeah and this was a delight it drags a little in the middle when they're arguing about whether they go to the party i did feel like that dragged a little and i'm like okay come on just just this is this it it also felt to me like a very a ridiculous thing to argue about. Mm-hmm. But also I kind of went, okay, different situation, different setting, different time period, all that. But it's... I, I, I actually, based on how the whole episode paid off, mm-hmm. I actually, in retrospect, like that bit more. Yeah, no, and that, I feel that way too. And that's what's great. Like, the way that it wrapped up in the end yeah. made it all kind of like, I've kind of forgiven it. If I wasn't sitting here talking about the show in a podcast, I wouldn't even mention or think about yeah. the fact that it, the middle dragged a bit. So really, really quickly, do you want to just give the audience a quick synopsis of yeah. the plot of the episode? And then we'll get back to talking about that particular interchange. Because yeah. that actually has a big effect on why I really like this. So. Yeah. Give them that recap, and then we'll come back to that interchange, because it, it, it is the pivot for this episode. Yes, yes, for sure. So we start, surprising to me, with Mary Tyler Moore and the, the kid who plays her son. I mean, if you've got Mary Tyler Moore in your show, and she's as gorgeous as she is in this, oh, you're going to start with Mary Tyler Moore. She is as cute as 25 buttons. <laughs> like 24 the, not enough 25 no. buttons Mary Tyler Moore level yeah cute. 26 is like too cute it's, it gets cloying right yeah, yeah. 25 is the right number of buttons yeah. anyway I don't know what I know what I'm talking about the I was genuinely surprised we start with a pretty long scene mm-hmm. with just Lori mm-hmm. Petrie the mother and her their little kid uh, oh I've already forgotten the kid's name um Richie Richie let's go with Richie it, honestly if it's not Richie there's got to be kids in, in that era named Richie. Uh, a pretty extended scene with the two of them doing bits. Yeah. Like, not just establishing the plot, like what they also do, but, like, the kid is doing bits, and she's doing bits. They're doing, like, a little two-handed scene yeah. with the two of them, which was delightful. And the kid did a pretty good job, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, there were times when you could kind of tell he was, like, doing that thing where you look up and away from what's happening while you're trying to remember what you're supposed to say. He's a little kid. He, what, six? Yeah. Something like that. In that range. But yeah, pretty long sequence where uh, he comes back from playing with the neighbor's kid and uh, is established that uh, the he had to come home because the other little girl had come down with a fever. So Lori checks his uh, temperature and asks him, uh, you know, how he's feeling. And there's some, oh my gosh, some great bits where 
she she offers him a cupcake and he says, no, I don't want one. And she's like, you don't want a cupcake? And like, reasonable. I would be concerned too. Yeah. And then she's like, did you eat while you were at the neighbor's house? And he's like, no, I just had some water. And she goes, well, you should feel hungry then. And she checks his forehead with the back of her hand. Yep. And he goes, do I feel hungry, mommy? <laughs> I laughed out loud. Like, of course, <laughs> so Dick, Dick Van Dyke's little boy would be doing dad jokes at age six. Yeah, just, yeah. That, that, that oh my checks, god, that math. Scans. Do I feel hungry, mommy? Oh my god, I was dying. So she then decides, like, okay, well, maybe you should go to bed and rest or whatever. Um, then we cut to at the Alan Brady show, the writers' room. Nice establishing shot of the door <laughs> to let us know that's where we are. And we have our three writers. Uh, um, I didn't catch the other two names, but uh, Rosemary and uh, uh, Mr. Comedy Guy. Yeah, that that works. <laughs> Honestly, he's just he's a such a perfect perfect casting for that role. Yeah, he's it's we got you've got um, Rob Petrie, Dick Van Dyke's character. He's the lead writer of the show. Uh, he's you know, a little bit younger than the other two, I think. Then you've got Rosemary, blonde, uh, uh, like kind of sassy, a little bit older. Um, she's the one sitting at the typewriter typing what they're working on. And then you've got the uh, uh, slightly crotchety guy who he's he's worked in this you know industry for twenty five years, and he's like he's got all the old jokes, and he's uh, he's like uh, kind of got a ugh. buddy. His name is Buddy. But of course his name is Buddy. What else could it be? That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. What Did you get what Rosemary's character's name is? Uh, Sandy, maybe? Sally. Sally. Oh, I was closer than I expected to you be. You were closer than you ex- expected to be. So Sally and Buddy. Uh, yeah, Buddy is very like... God, he's I can't... A, he's a fast-talking, witty, kind of like a Joe Pesci type character. He's Thank like, you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he reminds yeah. me of somebody more I've been in this business for modern. 25 years and I've got a joke for every word in the English language. Like, like he's like hey, that hey, kind hey, of... Yeah, like, he was... Yeah, he's delightful. Sorry, make that noise again. I don't know what I was doing there, but I'm glad it made you laugh. That noise was accompanied by finger guns, just so you have... Oh, yes. I'm. Yeah, that is very important to understanding. This weird noise. Finger guns. Okay. Uh, so they're working on, uh, the final, they're trying to find the final bit to end the show on. Uh, Sally suggests a pretty funny joke. Yep. Uh, Buddy suggests a pretty funny joke. And the best part is, they both sound like the kind of joke that would be maybe a bit tired. Mm-hmm. And Rob certainly seems like, no, not good enough, but I've never heard either of those jokes. I thought they were pretty great. The, the, the jokes are tired they're all they're both a tired format yeah but the particular wording was like clearly they wrote they wrote a new wording yeah for yeah. this episode yeah anyway so then rob uh, suggests what if we didn't end on a joke what if we ended on a philosophical note here i, I wrote something down by ralph waldo emerson and buddy says well what show does he write for <sighs> and that's a good excuse for them to uh, establish that rob has been to college and Buddy has not. Possibly Sally. I don't think she doesn't chime in on that subject. So he's maybe we're getting a little bit that he's going to be a little more like high-minded sometimes yeah. about the comedy. And Buddy's kind of like, "Hey, I've been slogging away at this for twenty-five years. I know a joke when I hear a joke," kind of guy. They do a great job in this scene of establishing the triumvirate of writers, and you really get a sense of why everyone's there and everyone has value. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I think that's one of the reasons the show holds up so well is that for the 1960s, when this debuted, mm-hmm. you have a woman in the writer's room. <gasps> a woman? Yeah, yeah, with the hair and everything. She, she was typing, though. Yeah, but she... But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, she's... She wasn't, like, just there as their typist. Yes, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just joshing. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> And she gets one of, in my opinion, one of the funniest bits in the thing where she's she starts typing something when they all haven't agreed because mm-hmm. she's she's you know she's in a hustle she and, wants to get out and Rob whips the whips the paper out of the machine and she goes well I'll just type it on the ribbon <laughs> but but, good. but to have her there as a valued member of the team who is contributing who yeah. is respected and. There's no moment where they're like, well, a woman wouldn't understand, or, you know. Like, no, absolutely. The fact that she is a woman is not brought up in any negative way. Or at all. 
She's just another yeah, writer. That's a good point. I mean, she brings she brings up that she's going on a date, but yeah. I, 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 oh God, that was such a good line. I'm gonna try not to like do repeat every joke from the show, yeah. but the look, I've got a date with an unmarried accountant, and I like to get there before he gets married. <laughs> Yeah, and they, uh, and they don't tease her about the date. They're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Yeah, no, they don't tease just, her about the date. It's just a matter of fact of like, hey, that's why I want to get out of here. It's it's not that hard to have to have a, a quote-unquote mixed workplace yes. and not be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. Everyone in this show is white. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, for 1961, it's like, hey, having a woman uh, writing comedy, not bad. Yeah. Uh, it could have been, could have been worse. It could always be worse. Anyway, so then the producer I, walks I, in. Yeah. I, it is revolutionarily good for the era. Yes. yes. I, I don't want to, I, I want to really draw a line. I'm drawing two lines under it. Okay. With a bullet. <laughs> All right. I will let you have those lines and the bullet. Uh, just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, she's, she's wonderful. It's great. Uh, yeah, at no point does does the guy shoot down her jokes. Yeah. Any more than, than Rob shoots down her joke the same way he shoots down Buddy's joke. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody says like, eh, what do you broads know about comedy? Right. Yeah. It's absolutely the three of them clearly, they have tension. They disagree sometimes about things, but they work well together. Each of them is bringing something different to the situation. It's great. She's giving, you know, her thoughts. It's, it's played very equally for all yeah. three of them. Uh, then we have the producer comes in Mel. and <laughs> what his name is Mel. Okay. Thank you. I didn't catch the name Mel. Uh, I believe his last name is Cooley. Mm-hmm. He is bald. So of course, buddy calls him Curly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> so he comes in and is clearly very like dry and like, uh, Sally pretends not to have seen him and they're in the middle of an argument and starts going, well, but this show is being produced by Mel Cooley. And so we must raise ourselves to a higher level of, yeah. of quality or an expectation or something like that. She seems to be giving him a long, big speech of compliment. And she says, and he is the producer because, and Buddy cuts in, cause he's the star's brother-in-law. <laughs> Looks right at him like, eh, I got your number. Anyway, he comes in to deliver the news. That uh, there is a party tonight, mm-hmm. at a short notice, at uh, at the host, uh, the show's host, uh, Alan Brady, at his penthouse apartment, with all of the suits and all the like executives and what have you from the network, and they would like the three of them to come along, and they are somewhat surprised and delighted by this information. Uh, so he also is established very clearly in this scene that he is a bit dry. He's a bit uh, like. Stayed. He mm-hmm. says, like, Rob, I must insist as the head writer that you, you know, you give me, the producer, some, you know, some respect from your... I uh, insist that your team gives me a little respect. Of course. And then Buddy says, hey, we're giving you as little respect as we can. If this show had had a rim shot for every joke that deserved a rim shot, the drummer would have would have broken his sticks. I don't know what I was going with there, but, like, it was... So he's, you know, he's the boring guy who's the producer of the show. So we get his character in a, in a nutshell there. So then we cut to Rob coming home at the house and saying, all right, sweetie, you know, get on your fancy party dress because we're going to a party. And she's like, well, we can't. Our son is sick. And he's like, oh, no. How is he? Is he has he seen the doctor? Remember when doctors made house calls? Hmm. No, of course I don't. <laughs> but I remember hearing about it. So they have a a lot of back and forth about like he wants to go to the party. She thinks they should stay for the kid, yeah, because he might be sick. And then, and then she says, but "I'm having a woman's intuition that if we leave, something will ha- something's something. bound to happen." Yeah, and you know they go back and forth a lot. He clearly think feels a bit of a work pressure to go to this thing, but he also obviously just wants to go because he thinks it'll be fun. Yeah, he wants to go to the party. He's he's kind of petulant, but also she is being kind of unreasonable. Their son does not have a fever. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not showing any symptoms except that he didn't want a cupcake. That is the sole symptom. So then they go into the kid's room and do a bit where, you know, Rob tries to get him to eat a different cupcake. And the kid seems absolutely fine, except that he's refusing this cupcake. 
uh, he's jumping around in bed and being like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm really sick, so I don't have to go to school tomorrow. Clearly, he's just enjoying being sick because of the attention, and he's hoping he won't have to go to school, even though uh, he, he, he likes school, but he already knows his alphabet. <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah, the ending on precious. W. What happened to XYZ? Oh, I remember them, but I got tired. <laughs> that kid. <laughs> so uh, finally, you know, they they go back to the kitchen and they continue the argument. She gets out some liver. And that bit where they're like putting the liver in and out of the pan back and forth. Like there was actually like steam coming out of the pan. Yeah. I was like, was that they had actual liver and a stove that worked so oh, they yeah. could do that bit and it would actually look real? Like, well done. Was, I, I actually enjoyed that because, yeah. you know, and then like maybe it's one piece of liver. Now it's both. Now it's like, yeah. in and out of the pan, in and out of the pan. And they, they both clearly had like Dick Van Dyke, obviously a lot of like physical comedy timing can do it. Yeah. But like yeah. she got some good, more subtle moves in there as well. Like, yes. It, yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah. She finally relents and they get a sitter. Yeah. And they have this whole thing where she's trying to give the sitter, you know, here's the phone numbers and call the doctor and here's the order to call. The, yeah, yeah. Call us and then call the doctor. But only if something's really wrong, should you call the doctor. But if anything happens wrong, call us. And then she starts rattling off where, what food is in the house and where it is located. And like, lady, I hate to break it to you, but as a former babysitter myself, she's going to look in all the cabinets as yeah. soon as you leave. And she will find which snack she wants to eat. And they, they do... I mean, this is just, it's another example of taking a, a tired joke or something really obvious and yeah. sort of playing it a little bit differently. He, he kind of says, in a, he tries to put his foot down. He says, if you don't leave right now, I'm going to pick you up and carry you out of here. Yeah. And then she keeps going on and he picks her up and like throws her over his shoulder, kind of a fireman carry. Yeah. And he... He starts walking out. She goes, oh, my purse. And he, he walks her backs back up so, so she, she can pick up it up. her purse and then walks her out. And the best part of it is she's still shouting instructions and going, don't go into Richie's room. You may wake him. Use the newspaper. It's in the waste paper the, basket. The party There's will be over. There's a pears and apples in the fruit bowl, bottom shelf of the refrigerator. Just a minute. What did you say was in the bottom shelf of the refrigerator? Who knows? If it's food, eat it. If it's a phone number, call it. <laughs> it's like, mwah. I actually really like the part where he's like, come on, honey, are you going to tell her what TV shows to watch next? And she She's, goes, oh, there's a special. Actually, there is a special tonight on, I don't know what channel it is. And that's when he picks her up and yeah. it's like, we are done. Anyway, it was actually a funny bit. And I think that as long as it went on, it's it was all worth it because of his last bit with yeah. if it's food, eat it. If it's a number, call it. Well, and establishing them as a, as a couple clearly a couple that's going to be doing a lot of two-hander bits like that yeah yeah they, their chemistry immediately episode one works they're having fun they're both they're both giving a lot and it's it's not the relationship i would expect of the era that's really like you know well men are this you know like i'm the man and yeah was like there's just there's it's not leaning on that in terms of power dynamics between them. The yeah. power dynamics that are happening between them are the typical give and take, uh, high status, low status exchanges that you see in any comedy duo. Yeah. Not necessarily like a more traditional married couple duo. It's just like, this, yeah. these could be any two comedians getting a lot of these lines in that aren't necessarily tied to their sort of perceived gender roles in the relationship. Yeah. Which is... Again, surprising and uncommon for something made in the 60s. Yeah. So tell us about this party that they go to, Sarah. Well, the funny thing is they then cut to the party and she's putting her coat on. And I'm like, why is she putting her coat on? What's happening? And it's, we've cut to later in the party already. And they're like heading home. And someone goes, you're not leaving already, are you? And she's like, oh, yes. Well, we've got a, a sick kid at home. So we should, it is 1130. And he goes, oh, but Mr. Uh, Brady has got stuck on a, a phone call and he was hoping that the writers might do something to to keep the party going and she says like entertain and Rob's like <laughs> I'm sure we could do a little something but he really looks she's a little bit nonplussed but he clearly looks like he's like okay we'll just do a little something like to to his credit yeah he says we'll do 15 minutes yeah and they take less than 15 minutes to do their little bits. Yeah. So he does, he doesn't say, we'll do 15 minutes. It's like three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> like they do 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. It's, it's a pretty tight, quick little yep. bunch of bits right there. I mean, they have 
clearly done this at a party before. It was practiced. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, at first I was a little bit like, ugh, you do not ask a performer to entertain when you invited them as a guest. Gosh. Also, they've got a band there that's clearly a hired band. Like, don't, they're there to entertain. But clearly they're having a good time with it. And, yeah. uh, all three of the writers look like they're having fun. Yeah. Not one of them looks like they're like, I thought we weren't going to, I thought we were really guests this time. You know, they're there to have a little bit of fun too. So then they do a bunch of bits, all of which are great. Yeah, they do a, a quick little vaudeville review. Buddy does some, uh, he takes suggestions from the crowd yep. and does he does jokes with all different yeah. all different words. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Uh, Sally sings a novelty song. Yeah. Where she does uh, a Jimmy Durante impression. Oh my god! So good. So good. It was really great. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Rob Dick Van Dyke yeah. does an impression of a drunk guy coming home who stops being visibly drunk when his wife looks at him yeah so sally plays the wife so good and he he whenever she's not looking at him he's he looks like a barely standing one of those dolls with the elastic in them where you push the button on the bottom and it (laughs) collapse he looks like and he's got all the legs to do this bit with and he is using every inch oh it's it is like you can watch the show for free on pluto tv it is worth watching just this episode just for that bit. there were only like two ad breaks i think yeah it was it was totally tolerable yeah Oh, I'm like still my it's been a long time since Pilot House has watched a pilot for a show that my abs have hurt after watching it. And I like genuinely laughed a bunch watching this. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, I really honestly enjoyed this more than I think any of the other shows. But we'll we'll finish the recap. So they do they do the bits. It would have been so easy for these bits they're doing at the party to have gone on a bit long or to have been a bit like not funny, but everyone is having a great time except Lori. Who's like kind of looking at her watch, but she's not angry. No. She's just like, I'm just worried. I'm not enjoying myself cause I'm worried. And I, you know, so it, it every moment of it as the viewer of the show is delightful. His, it, the entire bit of I'm doing an impression of my wife's, uh, you know, uncle, I was expecting that to like, fade out like here's my impression of some drunk guy no that was one of the funniest little comedy bits i have ever seen yeah it was very good it was so good so then they finally leave they get home and everything's quiet and you know laurie's looking around like what what has happened in my absence and he's like you know oh everything's fine see everything's just as we left it there's uh the babysitter's school books and the doctor's bag the doctor's bag and then you know, uh, the, oh, the neighbors come out. Uh, this is the first time we're meeting the neighbors who live yeah. next door who have a little girl the age of their son that he was playing with and mm-hmm. the teenage daughter who is their babysitter. So clearly they're going to be a part of the show. Yeah. And they're just saying, you know, kind of vague things like, oh, of course, you know, we came over or something and it's like, oh, well, how's Richie? Oh, he's fine. He's, he's, he's asleep. He had a big night or something like that. And they're like, what? So Lori rushes off to check on Richie. Uh, the doctor comes back in, Rob's just attacks him with, what happened? What happened? How's Richie? And he's like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. He held up very well. A lot of kids would be very upset by that much blood. Blood? What? And then the babysitter comes out with a bandage on her head. She just hit her head yeah. on the freezer door, called the doctor. He, you know, stitched up her wound or something. I'm not clear. You know, it yeah. just has a bandage, so you can't tell. Uh, and we don't, we don't see Richie. He's just asleep. But, uh. Then everybody else leaves and Rob and Lori have a nice moment at the end where he says, you really did sense that something was going to happen tonight. Like, which, okay, she thought something was going to happen to her son because he was sick. She did not psychically know that the babysitter was going to hit her head. But he he doesn't say, see, I told you Richie was fine. That was a fluke. It had nothing to do with Richie. He says, you really did know something's going to happen. And she's like, well. It's a sweet moment between the two of them. Yeah, and that is the episode. Yeah. And that oh. resolution. Yeah. It, it you brought us back to sort of what I was talking about as we launched into the recap. You're welcome. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> resolution is what makes their back and forth argument about should we stay or should we go now like work so well. <laughs> uh, because at the end of it when all is said and done, they were both right and they were both wrong. Yeah. And they, they they get to have that resolution where it's not like nobody gets an I told you so. Yeah. And nobody feels dumb. 
for their choice. Yeah. And it's it's an earned resolution, not a, well, everything's fine in the end. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. I love you. And we we kind of force it into the, the square peg, into the round hole yeah. to, to, before the credits roll. Yeah. Like it, it, it resolves in a very satisfying way. And this is, this is something that you still won't even see in comedy shows today. That by the end of the 30 minute episode, we've resolved sort of the plot line into a satisfying conclusion where all the bits fit. Mm -hmm. And it it feels like everything that happened was necessary. You know, it's almost this this little button at the end where they're both right and they're both wrong makes that earlier back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's also that thing where the best comedy is universal. Like, not everybody's wondered should they stay home for their sick child, but everybody's had that, sh- like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, FOMO yeah. like, thing. And so to watch it play out with the liver flying back and forth. And it, the, the best line in that bit with the liver, <laughs> at some point she goes, put my liver back. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh. And what I like, too, is they, they did a little... The very last line of the episode is a bit of a callback to that earlier argument mm-hmm. where he's trying to be, like, snuggle up to her and give her compliments, be like, you're the prettiest girl I know. I want to show you off. And yeah. she's like, no, I'm not going. And she said, and he's like, why do you have this feeling? Why do you think something's going to go wrong? And she goes, I'm a woman. He's like, I noticed. And uh, this is a very... They are a very affectionate, loving couple. Yeah. And then at the very end, he's like, how did you know that? Or how did you know? You Something really did go wrong. How did you know? And she's like, well, honey, I'm a woman. And as she's saying that, she takes off her pearl necklace and walks out of frame. And he looks after her like, and it's like, that is the most subtle, like, just takes off the necklace, which I I immediately felt like, oh, that felt like really intimate. It's like, it was way more than if she'd like, unzipped her dress or something like that right it was so subtle but like i'm this is the first step of me getting undressed it was i was like oh all right it's like a nice little callback and also shows them being a a very affectionate loving couple which like we talked about with adam's family was not always the case on television and a lot of people refer to gomez and morticia's relationship as like surprising that's part of what is weird about them is that they are so openly affectionate and like clearly attracted to each other and honestly uh i mean obviously they weren't quite on the level of gomez and morticia but like right. rob and laurie clearly do not only love each other but are attracted to each other and physically affectionate and all that yeah it's it's just i mean even compared to modern television it feels refreshing mm-hmm. and just nice yeah like it doesn't have to be just even the fact that they're they're having a disagreement and it doesn't feel uncomfortable to be watching it happening. They're just two they're just two people having a bit of a tiff. Yeah. I I I know I've talked a lot about Sally and just how her her place works in the writers room, but she just like getting her own whole bit in their yeah. their little variety review yeah. with the the Jimmy Durante impersonation song. And just getting to rule the room. It's like, clearly they're like, this performer gets a spotlight. This is the bit she does. Yeah. She is someone that we value on this team. Like, the the, the writer's team that they set up is such a fun dynamic. And it's such a good dynamic. Yeah. And I, I, I genuinely fixated on this because I feel like even a modern show that gave us the same makeup of a writer's team where you have, like, two men and a woman or whatever... There would be something in there where it, it has to be pointed out that I'm here because we can't let comedy writing just be done by men. Yeah. Or I'm here to provide a woman's perspective. Or come yeah, on, yeah. Rob, you know I'm here to 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 help you write jokes for the lady. You know, like yeah. something like that. Absolutely ins- nothing. Nothing. Honestly, she's there because she's funny as hell. I just realized. I think her whole part could have been. Word for word, aside from the names, even with the name, honestly, nicknames exist. Mm-hmm. She could have been played by a man. Yeah. The probably would have done a different song, just like the Jimmy Durante bit. Part of the joke is that she's a woman singing like Jimmy Durante, but like, no part of that is is super woman specific. Which you know, there's, there's something to be said for roles written for people, blah blah blah. But. I felt like in this case, at this time, that's kind of revolutionary for her not to be there saying like, 
You know, all right, boys, settle down, listen yeah. to mama or something like that. She doesn't do any of that, I don't think. I No, she doesn't. I I genuinely want to find out if it was written for Rosemary. Yeah. Because she is so strongly in it, right? It's This isn't a case of, like, she's there and she gets a couple good lines and then yeah. later she grew into something. It's like, what what she is in the gumbo of the show is yeah. there immediately in this first episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the when the producer comes in and says they're invited to the party and... Oh, yes, you may bring your wives, dates, or what have you. Oh, goody, I'll bring my what have you. <laughs> Her, she gotten so much good stuff yeah. and... Yeah, I, I I would be curious to know if that was written for her. She's she's a very strong character right off the bat. Part of what makes me think that they wrote some strong female comedy characters into this from the get go is where this was filmed. This was yes. This was filmed at Desilu Studios, so mm-hmm. it's like they they knew what side their bread was buttered on. <laughs> and Bo- I mean both sides, <laughs> both sides. You know, I um I would actually be interested to learn whether Lucille Ball was uh involved in the show particularly, other than just it being her production company. Mm-hmm. Um, was she actually involved at all in the in the show coming together? I would be curious to know. Uh, but yeah, it's. God, it's such a solid show. I yeah, yeah I, I wasn't expecting it. Well, shall we move on to those segments? Let's do it. Where did the money go? Whenever we arrive at this point in an episode of Pilot House, we talk about where we think they spent the money on the pilot we have just watched. Sarah, do you have any speculations about the fiduciary disbursements <laughs> of the producers of this program? Well, this is kind of your baby, but I don't know that there was anything really obvious. Um, it seemed very... You know what? I'll say this one was one that was very evenly distributed. Um, my only guess I'll just throw out would be that I would not be surprised if someone told me, oh, yeah, that show is known for having uh, more rehearsal time than any other TV show or something like that because everything was just so solid. Yeah, it would. that would make sense. Also, it felt like maybe something that was filmed in front of a live audience. Oh, absolutely. No, 1,000%. There is a joke... I can't remember. It's during them arguing about where they're going to the party. There's a joke that was kind of one of those like subtle jokes. There wasn't a space given for it afterwards. Rob says something and Lori immediately comes in and there's just like a few people laugh. Very, very kind of like, oh, and then they kind of pull it back because they realize, oh, the scene's still going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I, when I heard that, I went, oh, this was definitely a real audience because yeah. you don't get that with a, with a laugh track. Laugh tracks are very, very uniform. Yeah, it had the vitality of real people watching it. Yeah, and honestly... I would love to know if there's a lot of things I would love to know about the show. Apparently I keep saying that, but whether the, the bits they did at the party, cause those felt like well-worn bits. And I, I don't think so. No, they, they, they felt like well-worn bits in the sense that I think they chose or created bits that really went to the strengths of each performer. Yeah. Or the, a type of bit that each performer was really good at. But I don't necessarily think that those were specifically well-worn bits. But it would be... I I could see it going either way. I mean, clearly in the episode, it was intended to be bits that these three people had done together many times before. At some point, Rob says to the band, like, the thing we did at the Christmas party. Yeah, you know what it is or whatever. So maybe I'm just getting what they were putting out, that they Mm -hmm. just really nailed that. But... I would also not be totally surprised to find out that uh, the actor who plays Buddy and Rosemary and Dick Van Dyke were had worked together previously. And this was at least, at least they had that vibe of we've worked together, whether these bits were things they'd done before or not. Exactly. I mean, that, yeah, it, it felt so effortlessly, eh, we're doing this thing that we've done before, but it's fun and people like it, so here it goes. Um, and maybe they just nailed that vibe. Enough said. Let's move on. Clips and chips. In terms of relationships, I love the three main comedy writers. Oh they, yeah, absolutely. They really have an amazing vibe of three people who've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but the 
relationship between Rob and uh, Lori, between Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Tyler Moore, it's so rare, in my opinion, that you get the first episode of a TV show where the married couple on it actually feel like and married couple who has been together at least long enough to have a six-year-old a boy child yeah and this they really did feel that way there was a there was a sense of being in some well-worn grooves and usually the easy out on a sort of a longer span of relationship is you have the the performative goofball husband and then the wife is like rolling her eyes Mm -hmm. because she's over it Mm -hmm. and they don't they don't lean on that at all she's Mm -hmm. never really over it with his nonsense she's just worried about her son and getting home but she's still engaged with him and his uh his back and forth like when they're arguing about whether they go to the party or whatever It, it just feels like a the kind of back and forth that they've had many times before. Yeah. And that they definitely. both enjoy. Yeah. There's there's a sense of enjoyment in their arguing because it, it's not it's not mean bickering. It's it's genuinely trying to state your case to the other person. Right, yeah. And yeah. trying to sway someone's opinion, not trying to force them to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed their relationship a lot as well. Uh, other than the, I mean, obviously there's no like ships, there's no traditional ships for this, but I, I, I ship them as much as you can ship a married couple. They are delightful. I want them to stay being delightful. Uh, as far as predictions for the future, like season one cliffhanger, this is not that era of TV. No. However, knowing that Carl Reiner appears as uh, Alan Brady, like I want to see that. They pointedly avoided Alan actually appearing in that party. Yeah. Like, I, that would be really funny if he is kind of a a, a a specter, a presence, who never actually appears in the show. They talk about Alan, but they never actually see him. Yeah. Uh, that would be really funny if in the last episode of the season, Carl Reiner comes out. That'd be yeah. great. I mean, the, the math almost checks out on that. They made 158 episodes of this, oh, which wow. I am I'm not shocked. No, no. Uh and Carl Reiner appears in 35 of them. But does he actually physically appear? Or is he like a voice yelling from the other room? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Could be that. He's credited in that many episodes. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that seems like a reasonable prediction. So shall we uh, move right on? Yes. What will this show be? In terms of speculating about the day-to-day of episode-to-episode for this mm-hmm. thing... I think this was a pretty good picture of what we're going to be getting. Yeah, some, definitely. Some writers' room batting around, maybe some some problems at home that they they're solving, and a lot of excuses to make bits happen. Yes. I, I, yep. Mm-hmm. I think that variety show vibe that I mentioned uh, is something that will continue with this. There'll be there'll be a lot of moments where it's like, you know, Dick Van Dyke you know, bumps his knee at the office and then he walks funny for the rest of the episode. You know, there's like a lot of that kind of like sure, yeah, te- yeah. teeing people up to do the funny thing. Yeah. Uh, and and almost any plot concerns or anything like that is is a, is a backseat to yeah. teeing up these bits. Absolutely. I would really like to see a representation of the show they're writing for. Yeah. I, I really hope that there are episodes of this where they... We just get to watch the Alan Brady show. Fun, fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, do like a kind of like a um, a noises off style episode where like you're you're cutting back and forth. Or oh my gosh, this would be fun. One that happens during the shooting of yeah. an episode, but it entirely takes place backstage. So you're just getting the people running around and them having to rewrite a bit on the fly or something yeah, like kind that. Kind of like a Muppet show backstage yeah. kind of vibe. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, this property kind of hung around so there was the dick van dyke show and then they a number of years later they made the new dick van dyke show which i don't know that ran for a while i don't know anything about it i don't was... know anything about that either it may have just been more of the same oh uh and then in 2003 for a season there was an animated tv show called the alan brady show that what? Didn't have Dick Van Dyke in it, as far as I could tell, but Carl Reiner played Alan Brady, 
on it as well and it was some sort of something so if i want to see the alan brady show apparently i can just go watch the alan brady show technically yeah technically. okay i think you've nailed it it's it's going to be the same kind of uh, back and forth between rob and laurie uh bits being bounced around in the office with the with the trio uh and yeah excuses for funny gags but well 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 worked in excuses for funny gags Speaking of the folks doing all these funny gags. <laughs> nice transition. Hey, Becca. Obviously, I recognize Dick Van Dyke from his incredible cameo in Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is the section where we talk about whether we recognize any of the actors, uh, whether we know any of them from anything else, or just generally the people in the show. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, obviously, Dick Van Dyke is Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I con ick. The second most famous Van Dyke brother, <laughs> after Jerry, naturally. Friend of the pot, Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> Love you, Jerry. Speaking of, they talk about being a martyr in this episode, and talk about being a martyr. Jerry Van Dyke gave up the opportunity to be Gilligan so that he could bring forth into this world so he could birth the beautiful baby that is my mother, the car. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. But anyway, uh, I, oh, you know what? I, I wanted to look up Rosemary. And now I have looked up Rosemary. And I, right, what I thought I knew about her is true, that she was a uh, vaudeville performer as a child. Mm-hmm. And in the early days of sound films, she was known uh, as Baby Rosemary, and she was a singer. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was what I was thinking of, but I was like, oh, there's a lot of people in early TV and, and stuff who were also vaudeville performers. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, everything about this woman screams old hand at this type of thing. So, Which is what inclines me to believe that the part was conceived for her. Yeah. That um, this was based on his actual experiences working as a writer. Yeah. Which, as you said, that he did base it on his real life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I looked up a little bit of information about it, and the show was based on Carl Reiner's life to a certain degree. Uh, Dick Van Dyke is loosely based on Carl Reiner. A lot of the characters are based on people that he knew. Um, I couldn't find confirmation on Rosemary. So the, the idea that he had worked with if not Rosemary before, but a woman like her who's filling that role, it makes sense that he would include something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I also saw when I was looking it up that there was originally a pilot shot with a totally different cast, but it was more or less the same premise. And it just, it didn't go. And so Carl Reiner kind of reworked it and tweaked it. And it was called Head of the Family. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it was like, he kind of set it aside. And then when Dick Van Dyke having his own show that became a thing like we need a show for dick van dyke carl yeah. reiner you got anything and he's like oh, i might have something in my back pocket you know this this does feel like something that had some time to workshop and percolate yeah and hearing that there was like a failed pilot of it before yeah makes sense that this is what stuck yes absolutely apparently there is an episode of the show later on that reworks the actual plot of that other pilot mm-hmm. yeah i think that covers that <laughs> <laughs> let's move on I choose you. I mean, I have a pretty strong choice for my favorite character in this episode. Do mm-hmm. you? I think if I had to pick my favorite character, as gauche as it is to do so, I would have to choose Rob. He's so much fun to watch. And if my second choice would have to be either Sally or Buddy, and I don't think I could choose between them. So. Oh, it's it's hands down Sally for me. Yeah. Okay. She was she was perfect. And it's so rare to have a character just be perfect all the way through. I I can't argue with that. Uh, Dick Van Dyke is fantastic in this, but he is less of a discovery for me. I've seen... Fair enough. I've seen him be a wobble body before. I've seen him... (laughs) I've seen his chin be six miles from his neck before. You know, I've seen a lot of the Dick Van Dyke isms before but yeah i've not seen rosemary before at least consciously to be like (laughs) who is this yeah that's fair no i i think uh if we'd record this on a different day i might have said rosemary too Mm -hmm. you know she is amazing sally is a great character and yeah you know what sometimes we couch this one uh this question as like 
which is the character you want to see more of that you want to see thrive and develop and become more of a character. And absolutely, Sally is the answer for that. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing how they develop her character and what else she gets up to. And Oh, well, if that if that is the uh, the the brief, then for me, it's Laurie, Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, she didn't get as much to do here, but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for her to get some really good bits going. Forward. Oh yeah, that's a very good point. Definitely, yeah. I I also look forward to seeing her growing more of a character. Sally seems sort of fully formed already, mm-hmm. and I look forward to her future shenanigans and developing that character more. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Lori's a little. She certainly gets plenty of screen time, but her character is a little more one note. She's mm-hmm. very focused on being a concerned mother in this episode. Yeah. And yeah, I do get the impression that there's a kind of a gives as good as she gets vibe to her character as the show goes on. Based on that gif that unfortunately was not in this first episode. But uh, well, really quickly, can you tell me what the gif is? And then we'll jump to our uh, that last segment that, uh, we, that we do. I'm torn between wanting to show it to you or describe it to you. I feel like you, you just have to see it. I feel like it would spoil it if I just tried to oh, describe man. it. Well, we definitely have to post a link to it in the show notes. Yes, yes. Here, let me let me pull it up. Because um, it's just, it's... I, I brought it up and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't want to spoil it. I like kind of want you to come across it in the episode. I sort of wish I had. Um, I think we're going to leave this bit in. It's riveting podcasting. Oh, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Apparently, it's not as popular a gif as I thought it was because I'm having a hard time finding it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Damn it. It's on a Tumblr post. Okay. right this is very good oh god okay and you know me i like a tall drink of water myself (laughs) so uh i'm like yeah mary time more i feel you girl (laughs) get it all right we will post that gif we don't have show notes uh we'll post it on the the instagram i don't know we'll post it on twitter you you can include links in the the text oh yeah i guess we can yeah Yeah. we just usually don't but we could (laughs) we don't but it'll be on the website it'll be on the twitter i will post it all over this damn internet call me and i will just print you a flip book (laughs) excellent well uh i don't think anyone will be surprised when they hear our final verdict did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more Absolutely. One thousand percent. And I will I will happily watch ads to watch more of this. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a marker too. I'm willing to put up with that being the only way that we could find to watch it. Like it's worth it. Worth it. I I I really don't have anything else to say at this point. I, yeah. I really liked it. It's it's a yes from me. More. <laughs> more of that. Yeah. And and it's funny because Sometimes when it's like, oh my gosh, yes, I, w- I want to watch more of this. It's a show that has something really, some weird thing, some weird premise where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to find out what they're going to do with that. Or I have questions I want answered. This was just such a delight that I, I just want to see more of it. I want to see more of that trio doing shenanigans. And I want to see more of Robin Laurie being adorable. And I want to see Mary Tyler Moore giving as good as she gets. And... I, I want all of that. I just want that to keep happening to me. Please. Thank you. <laughs> I love you so much, Sarah Shea, but I want that more than I want to keep recording this podcast. Let's go watch more of it. How dare you? <laughs> in my own house. We're not in actually in my house. That's why it's funny. You guys aren't here, though. So you didn't. <sighs> in you my didn't pilot it. house. <laughs> you come to me on the day of my podcast wedding. <laughs> And on that note, bye! Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, 
or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported. So thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, Juniper, and Jerry. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. All right, once more with feeling, now that we're on the right setting. Try, trying again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's fun to record podcasts. Uh, I'm touching the top of my head, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Yeah, red leather, yellow leather. You love New York. I need New York. You know you need unique New York. How unique is New York, really? Well, it's definitely different than old York. That's very true. But how many rubber baby buggy bumpers does it have? At least as many as the seashells that she sells by the seashore.